You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. So uh, in preparing for tonight, glory to God, there's just been a word rolling around all week. And uh, I didn't know if it was saturation service or what. And it's one of those things every time I went to study on the word, I just uh, would hit like a blockade. There wasn't a whole lot of unction there for some reason, but yet I was still praying out this word. And so I just began to mull it over a little bit and, you know, studied for Sunday morning. And uh, it's interesting if you've ever ministered the word of God and you've got like 15 services you're doing in like 10 days and you're trying to study for all of them, it all just kind of comes out at once and ends up being a blob of words on a piece of paper. <laughs> and so uh, that's kind of what was happening last night and, and sat Friday as I was studying and getting ready. <clears throat> and uh, the word that the Lord kept giving me was consecrated. And I know when it comes to saturation services, they're usually wild and, you know, but that's what's so cool about these meetings is there's no set agenda. It's just come in and let's, let's get the heart of God and do what God wants. And, uh, you know, one reason we have these services is so we can get into the presence of God and experience his freedom just like we did. Uh, you know, and there's many reasons why, but I, I believe tonight what the Lord's wanting us to do is he's wanting to consecrate our lives to him. And so it might be a different vibe or a different feel. We're going to go this direction and see what happens. And we still may dance and jump and run around the room. We may not be done with that. But whatever God wants. Someone say, whatever God wants. And what God wants you to know tonight is that you've been set apart for such a time as this. You know, and it reminds me of Esther. But, you know, whenever I read about Esther, I'm so glad that she was bold enough to go before the king and it might have cost her her life. But I'm also grateful for crazy Uncle Mordecai. Crazy, crazy Uncle Morty that's just telling her to go, do it. You've got this. You've been set apart. You've been called. And I feel like the Holy Spirit lots of times in our life is crazy Uncle Morty. <laughs> you know, and he's always telling us, you can do this. You, you've been set apart. You've been called. And uh, I think that we're coming into a season, <clears throat> and we're going to look at it maybe here in a minute in 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 through, I think it's 23, we're living in the end times. John the Revelator called it the end times when he was writing the book of John. Well, if he called that the end times, and he was talking about the Antichrist when he wrote the book of John, how much more are we in the end times now? Right? And as we come into the end of the end times, this world that we live in is going to get crazier and crazier. This world that we live in is going to get darker and darker, and so you're going to have to come to a place of being consecrated to God like you've never been consecrated before. You're going to have to come to a place of commitment and devotion like you've never been committed and devoted before. Because like I said a moment ago, every challenge that you face is to get you away from your God-given purpose. It's to separate you from who God has made you. It's to separate you from being the righteousness in Christ Jesus. It's to separate you from the work of God in your life and the purpose. Because guess what? Your parents did not give you your purpose. You remember in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, what he say? I knew you in your mother's womb and I gave you a purpose and called you to be a prophet unto the nations before you were ever born. Well, guess what? He called Jeremiah to be a prophet to the nations, but what's he called you to do? See, your parent, my, my, my parents are pastors and just because they're pastors, they didn't call me to be a pastor. God called me to be a pastor. And he put that call on the inside of me. And since he put that call on the inside of me, he wants to be the one that protects that call. 
And the way he protects that call is by me being consecrated. Someone say consecrated Consecrated. to him. And so we see this, first of all, excuse me, it'll work its way out. Hallelujah. And that might be just as terrible for you as it is for me. Glory to God. But over here in Luke chapter three, verses 21 through 22, we all know this example and what's going on here, this biblical story. And it says, when the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And he was praying, heaven, and pray, he was praying, as he was praying, heaven was open. Verse 22, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Now, let's just say a couple things right here. As long as God is pleased with your life, what else matters? See, we've got to get, you know, even when it comes to saturation service, sometimes we're so concerned about what everyone else thinks, it keeps us from getting into the waters of God. We're so concerned about, you know, at work and at school, and and we're so concerned. Uh, You know, we, we tell the youth ministry all the time, don't do what's popular, do what's right. See, because you need to be concerned about what does God think. And here, Jesus, you know, God is telling him, you are my son in whom I'm well pleased. Well, guess what? Guess who else is his son and his daughter? You are his son. And you are his daughter. Amen. And just like the Holy Spirit came upon him, we know in 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 6, 19, it says, Know ye not that you are the temple of what? The Holy Ghost. So the Holy Spirit that Jesus had without measure, you have it with a measure. Right? And now that word right there, Holy Spirit, when you separate it out, the word holy means set apart. The word spirit means wind or breath of God. So what happened was is God breathed the breath of God on Jesus by the Holy Spirit. And when that happened, he was set apart. And when we see that, what's the very next thing that happens? Jesus steps into ministry. Right? Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit, (laughs) right, God has breathed upon you. And when he's breathed upon you, he sets you apart. And when we come into these meetings, what's happening is there's a refreshing or a continued breathing upon us. And the reason why God will continually breathe upon us is to continually remind us we've been set apart. To continually remind us, because sometime in this world we forget about it. We forget that we're set apart. We forget that we are his prized possessions who've been set apart for such a time as this. Amen? That's you and that's me. And so we can't let anything keep us from being who God's called us to be. Everyone say, I'm set apart. Now, I don't do this very often because, uh, you know, it's kind of dangerous in a service like ours, but I'm going to put a halls in. And so, Dr. Mackins, if I start choking on this, it's not the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Amen. You have my permission to do CPR. And out of everybody in the room, I trust you. Amen. Don't have Cody come down here. He'll just start beating on my chest, you know, working out anger, you know. Hallelujah. But Dr. Mackins, if, uh, you know, because, you know, in a service like ours, you fall out and they're just like, let him rest. (laughs) I'll start twitching and choking and you're like, God's really moving. You got me? You feel me? All right. So I'll give you a long blink if I'm good. If there's no blink, you know, you come running. Hallelujah. But I I exaggerated my my throat, if that's the right word, a little bit. And so got to be able to breathe. First Peter chapter two. (laughs) I'll have Cody come down and read all the notes and then I'll just interject when I feel led. Hallelujah. 
<clears throat> now, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. I didn't give anybody upstairs my notes ahead of time, so, but we're going to read this out of the Amplified. It says, but you are a chosen race. Hmm. Over the last couple years, you know, uh, I don't know if he's in the room or not. I haven't seen him. Daniel Braxton, he's writing a book right now, and it's called Identity. It, 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 he, I've had the privilege of kind of reading it, and, and, and it's really good. But the world's in a bit of an identity crisis. And they're so ready to identify with all sorts of stuff. When it comes to your identity, you should identify yourself in God. Amen. That's the identity that matters. Because that's who you really are. Right? You know, we know scriptures that talks about from the dust you were made and the dust you will return. This body, we're going to lay it to rest, y'all. This isn't forever. Amen. And it's going to be laid to rest. The real part of you is on the inside. That's the part that's going to live forever. You're an eternal being and you serve an eternal God. Amen. And so we need to start identifying with spiritual things above natural things. You've been born into a family. The family of God. Right? And the family of God, it says you are a chosen race. Who chose you? He chose you. A royal priesthood. A consecrated nation. There's that word right there consecrated nation, a special people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellence, the wonderful deeds and virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. I'm so grateful that he's translated me. Amen. Isn't that what Ephesians tells us? He's translated me by the work of the Holy Spirit. When I gave my life to him, he translated me from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And in that moment, I was born again, a brand new creation. All the old things have been passed away. Behold, all things became new. I am now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. And you are the righteousness of God. Don't let anybody talk you out of your God-given position. You didn't earn it, but he gave it anyways. Hallelujah. You are righteous right now. And your righteousness is who you are. It's not something that you can grow into. It's not something you can get better at. It's who you are right now. You are righteous. Amen. Amen. And so you have to believe that you're righteous because righteous people do righteous things. Amen. Amen. Someone say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now listen to this this, uh, definition of consecrate. To consecrate, now remember that scripture right there, it says you're his chosen race, a consecrated nation. The definition of consecrate means to devote something exclusively to a particular purpose. To devote something exclusively to a particular purpose. You have been devoted to the purposes of God. You were made to do the purposes that he put in you that he knew about while you were still in your mother's womb. First Peter chapter one, verse 14 through 16. I read a lot of scriptures today out of the Amplified Bible because I just love the way that they were written. So this is first Peter chapter one, verses 14 through 16. It says, live as obedient children of God. Do not conform to the evil desires which govern you in your ignorance before you knew the requirements of the transforming power of the good news regarding salvation. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. Be set apart from the world by your godly character and moral courage. Because it is written, you shall be holy, set apart, for I am holy." 
And this is one reason why I really love saturation services. Because lots of times stuff has a way of just kind of filtering into our lives that steals away from our holiness, which if you boil it down and study it out, just means genuine devotion to God. But when we come into a saturation service and we experience what Pastor Mark calls the keeping power of the Holy Spirit, it reminds you that you are devoted to him. It reminds you that you are holy. And then what's also so good about it is when we get in here, you remember over there, I forget where it is in one of the Gospels, but it talks about how Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire. And it talks about how he has the winnowing fork in his hand. When we come into a saturation service, when the Holy Spirit gets to moving, what Jesus is doing with the winnowing fork is he's separating all the chaff, all the bad stuff in our life from all the good stuff. And he's separating it out so the Holy Spirit can burn up the bad so all that remains is the good. See, anything as we live in this fallen world that tries to attach itself to us that's not from God begins to slowly deteriorate us and steal us away from our God-given purpose. It begins to slowly work at our devotion to Him. So if you never thought saturation services were important, which I know you do because you're here in the room, let me just go ahead and tell you they're very important because you need the Holy Spirit, you need His fire, you need His power because without it, there's nothing to burn up all of that stuff that's pulling you away from the purpose of God. Without the Holy Spirit, we will not fulfill God's purposes on our lives. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot live As a holy nation. We need the Holy Spirit. Amen. First Thessalonians 5 chapter 23 out of the Amplified. I read this many times in the New Living Translation. And then I was sitting in the children. We used to have a class where we would talk to parents about raising and rearing children, if that's the right word for it. And I was sitting there and and Miss Gail and Mr. Miller were talking. And Miss Gail read this out of the Amplified. And I never saw it before because I always read it out of the King James or the New Living. But I really love the way the Amplified reads this passage. Pay attention to this. First Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, that is, separate you from profane and vulgar things, make you pure and whole and undamaged, consecrated to him. Now I know this is a different type of saturation service, but it's good. We need to be consecrated to him. Now how does he separate us from all of those vulgar, profane things? It's by the work of the Holy Ghost. There's a separation that happens. Remember, when Jesus was baptized, there was a separation. Right? He lived as a carpenter for 30 years. And Pastor Mark has talked to us many times. He didn't do no little miracles as a boy. He wasn't healing birds' wings. He wasn't doing all that nonsense. I've never read anything like that. I don't know where he got it from. Every time Pastor Mark says that, I says, man, you got some bad literature. (laughs) You know, I don't know where that's coming from. I don't know who's teaching that stuff. But Jesus started his ministry when he was separated. When the Holy Spirit had fallen upon him. And guess what? That's what the Holy Spirit's work is in your life. It's the keeping power. The separating power. Amen. And you know, as a parent, Rachel and I, we really try to do this from our boys. We separate them from as many things that are going to corrupt their lives. But God has given you an advantage in this life. His name is the Holy Ghost. And if you will let him, he will separate you from things that are going to corrupt you and keep you from your God-given purpose. 
He will separate you so you can live a holy life. Now, remember what holy is. I'm not talking about holiness with long hair and no makeup and all that stuff. Now, if you wear makeup, God bless you. If you don't wear makeup, God bless you. Hallelujah. I'm talking about being devoted to God. I'll be so bold to say this. Without the Holy Ghost, your devotion will wean. Without the Holy Spirit, this is why a lot of churches are so immature. It's because they got no Holy Ghost. You've got to have the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, you've got to have the Word, too, and we have both. Amen. It's the Word and the Spirit. Right? And you've got to have both. And as you grow in the Word, and the Word will help you, and the Word will protect you, too. But let's get back to this. Glory to God. Someone say, this is good. good. Consecrated to Him. Set apart. For his purpose. And may your spirit, soul, and body be kept complete, be found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why are we talking about this stuff? Because we're living in the end days and the church needs to be a light. The world needs the fire and the power of God. Amen. They need to see a burning, a living example. And guess who that is? It's you. They need to see what it looks like to be set apart. They need to look like what it, they need to see what it looks like to be devoted to God. They need to see what it looks like to walk with the word of truth and to walk with the spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit's important because what does it say? If you walk by the spirit, you what? Will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, how do you do that? By the power of the Holy Ghost, like Zechariah 4 says, it's not by might nor by strength, but it's by my power, says the Lord. By my spirit, says the Lord. Amen. So we need the Holy Ghost. And as we let him do his work in our lives, there's a separation. Why do we need to separate so we can fulfill our God-given purpose? Now, 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. If you back it up to 18, which I don't have it in my notes, and we won't read it, but it talks about how there's an Antichrist. Well, let's just read it. Go ahead. If you've got it, whoever's upstairs, we'll start in 18. I don't do this very often because that's really far. Hallelujah. And I, I, I don't need glasses. Amen. Even though the doctor may have told me that I need glasses. When I first started taking notes on my computer, I was using font number 10, font size. I'm up to 13 now, y'all. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know what's happening. And someone's making them smaller on the page, but I just keep making them bigger. Amen? And it's not that I need glasses. Computers are changing, not my eyes. Hallelujah. I don't know. Pastor's got bionic eyes. I don't know how he reads that on Sunday morning. Children, it is the last hour, the end of this age. And just as you heard that the Antichrist is coming, the one who opposed Christ and attempt to replace him. Even now, now look at this. Even now, many antichrists, false teachers have appeared. Now, this is John, the revelator, writing this thousands of years ago. And he was taught. Now, what is antichrist? It's very simple. Anything that is anti-Christ Jesus. That's the antichrist. Amen. It doesn't have to be a singular figure, even though I believe that that is coming one day. But anything that opposes Christ and is antichrist is an antichrist, and you ought not allow it in your life. Let me just use a simple one. When people tell you that you're supposed to be broke and not have any money, that's antichrist. Because my Bible, hallelujah, which is the same as your Bible, says that he became poor that I could become rich. So any doctrine that goes against that teaching is antichrist. 
Now, what else do we know? John talks about how he's given us the Holy Spirit to be our advocate, our teacher, our helper, to guide us in all truth and to show us things that come. So anyone that teaches you, you don't need the Holy Spirit. Guess what? They've got the spirit of the Antichrist. Oh, come on now. Now, anybody that tells you, Pastor, he just talked about grace for the last couple weeks. Anybody that tells you, oh, you can sin and live a devoted life to God, that opposes the word of God, right? And so that teacher is now a false teacher and they are anti-Christ. And they're guilty of anti-Christ teaching. Because anything that goes against the word is anti-Christ because Jesus is the word. (laughs) Amen. He was the word made flesh and he dwelt among us. Right. And so we have to understand. And what does it say? We is coming to oppose Christ. But guess what? You need to oppose the Antichrist in your life. Anything that steals faith from you is the Antichrist. You need to oppose it. Anything that teaches you to live against the word of God is Antichrist. Anything that teaches you it's okay to be mad at your brothers and sisters is anti-Christ because the word of God says, love your neighbor as yourself and do unto others as you would do unto you. So anyone that teaches you, you have a right to be angry. They are anti-Christ. Now I could get on the soapbox and keep going if y'all want me to. We've got to reject this stuff. And now listen, what does the anti-Christ tell He comes to steal your purpose. And so if you allow that in, you won't fulfill your purpose. Let's keep reading here. Is coming the one who will oppose Christ and attempt to replace him. The devil's always trying to replace Christ in your life. He never stops. Right? John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And you've heard me teach this many times. I believe that's listed in sequence. Why? Because I also know that the devil comes immediately to steal the word that was stolen. So what's he after? He's after the word of God. He is the antichrist. Amen. He wants to steal the word away from you. And when he steals the word, now he can fulfill the other two parts of his mission, which is kill and destroy. Listen, y'all, pastor's been saying it for a long time. We can't play with the devil now. Your, your purpose is too valuable. And you're too valuable to God. Amen. Don't play with him. We're going to constantly, now listen, on Wednesday night, we're going to be talking about going higher in God. Amen. But before you can go higher in God, you've got to have a consecrated life. So here in a minute, we're going to sing that song, Say Yes. And I want you to say yes to the plans, the purposes, and the pursuit of God. And maybe you're already doing it. Guess what? You can never consecrate yourself too much. What's the word of God teach us? Be not ignorant. For you have an adversary, right? The devil who's seeking as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So we have to constantly consecrate ourselves to God. So that way we don't give any open doors for the devil to come into our lives and devour them. Amen. Y'all okay with a different style saturation service? You just well get okay with it. You're here. Right? Glory to God. Pastor will be back for next saturation service. We'll have joy and running and, jam- you know, all that good stuff. Amen. But I, I think sometimes this doesn't get taught on a lot. I know it does at Cornerstone because we have good pastors, but we've got to consecrate ourselves. You know, you only have to pray the prayer of salvation once, but you ought to pray the prayer of consecration all the time. You ought to wake up in the morning and consecrate yourself to the purposes of God. 
You ought to wake up in the morning and dedicate yourself to living a life, as we're going to look here in Colossians, that is worthy of the one who's called you. Consecrated to him. Over here in 1 John chapter 2. And so where we at? Uh, place him. Even now many antichrists, false teachers have appeared. Which confirms our belief that, is this is, that this is the last hour. They went out from us, seeming to be the first Christians, but they were not really of us because they were not truly born again and spiritually transformed. For if they had been, uh, if they had been of us, they would have remained with us, but they went out teaching false doctrine. Now, this is interesting. Well, how glory to God. I don't want to say something here. Amen. <laughs> Pastor always said, you can't do something I can't clean up, but he's not even here to clean it up. Hallelujah. <clears throat> They went out teaching false doctrine so that it would be clearly shown that none of them are of us. <laughs> mm. Hallelujah. Glory. Let me just go ahead and say this. If you've got someone in your life and for years they tell you, I'm for you, I'm for you, I'm for you. And then they go out and they stab you in the back with their words to all their friends. They were never for you to begin with. Amen. You know, this morning we talked about getting rid of fake people in your life. You know, you clear all the fake ones out of there. How the, the real ones are the ones that stick you with you in the good times and the bad times. They're the real ones. You need to go find the real ones. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Find your four crazy friends that don't care if it's good, bad, or ugly, but they'll stick with you through the thick and the thin. Find you some real ones that will encourage you. Find some real ones that will do Proverbs 27, verse 17, and they will sharpen you as iron sharpens iron. Amen. Find the ones who will stick with you. I tell the students all the time, when I finally gave my life to God and began to pursue him, that's when I found my real friends. The ones that wouldn't abandon me in times of trouble. The ones that wouldn't talk about me behind my back when I made a mistake. I don't know how we got here, but it's good. Amen. Y'all young people, listen to me now. Amen. Stop worrying about how many friends you have. Find good friends. Find godly friends. Find friends that are pursuing the same things that you're pursuing. Hallelujah. Don't get my youth pastor on. Glory to God. Find students that will help you and encourage you in the things of God. Because if they won't help you and encourage you in the things of God, they got no business being in your life. Amen. Now let me just talk to mom and dad since we're here already. Hallelujah. Mom and dad, you're a protector of those children. <laughs> and as a parent, I'll get on my so Stop trying to be their friend and start being their parent. Tell them what's right and tell them what's wrong. And then demand that they do what is right. Glory to God. My children get mad at me all the time, but guess what? They get over it. And if they don't, they get another whooping. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I love my children. We hardly ever spank them because they're good kids. Hallelujah. But be parents to them. It's a high calling. Amen. And just like God has entrusted you with your finances, he's entrusted you with your children. Make sure they're holy and devoted to the Lord. Amen. And if you have any that have wandered off, start speaking the word of God over them. We raised them in the things of God. I declare in the name of the Lord that they're coming back. They will serve you all the days of their life. I'm not moved by what I see. God is working. God is working. God is working because the word of God never returns to me void. Stop saying what you see. Stop saying what you feel and start speaking the word of God over them. He called them and they have a holy purpose. You help them fulfill that purpose. Can I get a witness this morning? Amen. Glory to God. Amen. So where are we at? What, what verse are we on? First John 2, okay, 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have been set apart. Did you know you got an anointing? Someone say, I'm anointed. I'm 
Now say it like you believe it. Say, I'm anointed. You know, the pastor's not the only anointed one in the room. <laughs> Glory to God. You got the same Holy Spirit. You got the same word. Now we got different calls and different good gifts and different abilities, but you're anointed too. You need to walk in your anointing. Amen. And your anointing is not like a jacket. You don't take it off when you get home and put it in the closet. You take it to work with you. You take it to school with you. You wear that anointing all the time. Amen. That anointing will help you. That's when you need it the most when you're in the world. You wear that anointing everywhere that you go. Don't forget about the anointing. Hallelujah. We need the anointing. And you know what? I want him to anoint me all the time. Just smear it all over me. Hallelujah. Just put it like I put butter on bread. Put it on there thick. You know what I mean? I mean, put it on there. I mean, all that Lando Lakes. I mean, half a stick of butter on one slice of bread. Just smear it on there. That's what I want with the anointing. Smear it on there. Smear it on there. Smear it on there. Why? Because I can't do this by myself. And just like bread, the more butter you put on there, the better it tastes. Hallelujah. You need more anointing. And the more anointing you got, the better you'll be. Amen. So don't do anything that's going to compromise the anointing of God on your life because you need it because it's what makes your life good. Hallelujah. We need the anointing. And so we've got to stick with this. And you have to understand you've got an anointing and there's things you can do. Now, listen to me now. I know this is unpopular in many churches. There's things you can do that will compromise the anointing on your life. But guess what? God is faithful and he's good. I often think about Samson when he compromised the anointing of God on his life. Right? Right? But then when you read that story, what happens? The Bible says immediately his hair, which was a reflection of the anointing of God, began to grow back. So listen to me now in the room. You can never get so far removed that you can't come back. Now that's not permission to remove ourselves and that's not permission to make mistakes. But what God's saying is if you do, don't waste time. Get back here. (laughs) You know what I mean? You get first dumb one nine on it and you do it quickly. Recommit yourself reconsecrate yourself, rededicate yourself and get your foot back into the anointing, get your life back under the anointing. So things will be well with you and yours. Can I get an amen? Amen. So you have an anointing from the Holy one. You've been set apart, specially gifted and prepared by the Holy spirit. And all of you know the truth because he teaches us, illuminates our minds and guards us from error. Amen. He'll protect you. This relationship with the Holy Spirit is so important. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, out of the Amplified, says, And he will also confirm to you to the end, keeping you strong and free of any accusation, so that you will be blameless and beyond reproach in the day of the return of your Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, But it is from him that you are of Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, revealing his plan of salvation and righteousness, making us acceptable to God. And sanctification making us holy and setting us apart for God. And redemption providing our ransom from penalty of sin. Someone say, I'm set apart. I love how you are holy and set apart. You're devoted to him. And as we get in the saturation service, what it does is it strengthens our holy devotion to God. And what we have to do is we have to say, you know what? I'm not going to let anything pull me away from my purpose or pull me away from my call. But I'm going to let God help me. And he will help you when you ask him for help. 
Amen. Listen to this. Ephesians 3, verse 16, I amplify. May he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self, indwelling your innermost being and personality. Out of the riches of what? His glory. You remember when Moses was up on Mount Sinai and he said, let your goodness pass before me. Let, your, let me see your face. And God said, I won't let you see my face, but I'll let my goodness pass by you. Right? And when he went up on that mountain, he went up frustrated. He went up mad. Right? But when the goodness of God, which is the glory of God, passed by him, he came down that mountain energized. <laughs> he came down that mountain glowing. Remember, it freaked them all out. They put a lampshade on his head. <laughs> Right? And they put that lampshade on his head because they were all scared of the glory. And then we know over time that glory weaned and it got dimmer and dimmer on his life. But guess what? The glory on you doesn't wean. Woo! Just the contrary. The Bible says you go from glory to glory. Amen? So it doesn't wean. It grows on you. It grows in you. How do we grow it? Through our devotion to God and understanding. I'm being set apart. So I'm only going to do things that are good to Him and pleasing in His sight. And as I do that, I'm going to grow in the glory of God. I'm going to grow in the things of God. And the anointing of God on my life will be preserved and protected. Someone say, I'm anointed. Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. Now, I love reading the Ephesians prayers and the Colossians prayers, and we'll finish with the scripture, and then we're going to sing that song, and unless the Holy Spirit has something else for us, we're going to go ahead and call it tonight. But listen to this. Over in Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. We pray that you may be strengthened and invigorated with all power. Ooh, I like that word. According to his glorious might, to attain every kind of endurance and patience with joy. And so when we come into a saturation service, what God is doing is he's invigorating us with his power. He's encouraging us, you can do this. Be strengthened by my spirit in your spirit. And it's literally like taking jumper cables from one car that's dead and hooking it up to a car that's alive. And that dead battery now has some juice flowing to it so it can start, so it can fulfill its purpose. See, when our batteries start to wean a little bit and they become tired and it's hard and it's a struggle to start and carry on and do this, God says, it's okay, I've got you. Just come to a saturation service and hook up with me and we're going to jump your battery. We're going to get you back on track. Hallelujah. And the reason we're going to jump your battery is so you can drive and fulfill your purpose like no one's business. <laughs> we hope you're inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you, and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him.